This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio, the seventh day of October 2022. Happy anniversary to my wife, Barbara. Today is our uh, sixth anniversary. We've been together for 13 years, uh, got married six years ago on this date. So a uh, happy birthday to uh, my beautiful wife. Uh, we're spending, <laughs> we're spending our, uh, our anniversary apart. She's working. I'm here at home, uh, in my home office working. And, uh, so, uh, but, uh, we'll get together for a nice dinner later. So anyway, happy birthday, Barbara. Um, Dan Zampano coming up here in a few minutes to talk uh, NFL football, talk about the Patriots, the mess that the Patriots are right now. Uh, where they're going. He'll give us our, his picks for this week. We'll talk about a bunch of uh, stuff from last week. Um, the baseball playoffs begin tonight. I, I am really, you know, the fact, even the fact that the Red Sox aren't in the playoffs, I'm actually looking forward to this. There are some fascinating matchups. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the Rays and the Guardians play at noon today. I actually expect uh, the Guardians to win that series. Um. Uh, I, I don't have a dog in the hunt, obviously, for any of these series, but these are going to be fascinating. It'll be interesting to see how this new wild card format works out where the wild card uh, home team gets all three games at home as opposed to it being a one and done. Um, I, uh, Despite the fact, by the way, that the Mets did not win their division, I like the Mets to get into the World Series. And maybe I'm crazy, Um but I still think the Mets, top to bottom, you know, maybe the maybe the Braves have uh, a better offense. Maybe the Dodgers have a better offense. But look, they've got Max Scherzer, they've got Jacob Degrom, uh, Taiwan Walker's been great this year. I think that this Mets team has a really good chance to make the World Series. Uh, again, I you know I, I don't have a dog in the hunt, so you know, but I think the Mets have a great chance. I really, really do. Um, we'll see. There's a part of me that's rooting for the Cardinals hard because I'd love to see Albert Pujols get into one more uh, World Series. That would be kind of neat. Uh, interesting, he gave an interview to MLB yesterday and said he almost retired in June. Think about that. Think about what he did the last uh, month and a half, two months of the season, and we almost didn't have that because he almost walked away. Uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, so thank God he didn't do that. Uh, obviously, if you're a Red Sox fan, now we get into the postseason or into the uh, the hot stove season after a miserable year. Just, I mean, look, there's no other way to put it. You know, I mean, you look at some of the the last games for the Red Sox, and you know, there was just some things like the, the one of the last games of the year. Alex Verdugo goes back on a ball. Uh, it looks like he makes a f- fantastic catch uh, into the bullpen. It come, pops out of his glove, goes in, and ends up being a home run. I was like, you know what? I mean, it's just the way it's been for the Red Sox this year. It's just 
Um, with the exception of that one uh, magical run they had in June where, you know, it looked like they were a shoo-in for the playoffs, and then the wheels just fell off. But the question becomes, if you're the Red Sox, what are they going to do with Xander Bogarts? We saw the last series. We saw the last game. Uh, they took him out of the game early so he could uh, have kind of a curtain call and everybody could give him a standing ovation. And everybody's wondering, is that the last time we've seen him in a Red Sox uniform? I personally hope not. I hope they keep him. I think this is a guy that is uh, a stabilizing influence on that team. He gives you everything he's got. His defense improved this year. You know, does he have the range of some of the other shortstops? No, but I'll tell you what, it was better this year. And uh, he made remarkable improvements. His power numbers were down, but Jesus, he hit, what, 306? I'll take that all day. You know, so I hope they keep him around. I th- hope they put a, a C on his shirt and make him a captain. They haven't had a captain since Jason Veritek, and I, but I think, you know, b- that Bogey deserves that. But the question becomes is can they sign both Xander Bogarts, who's, who could opt out of his contract and he'd be silly not to, and can they afford Raffy Devers? Raffy Devers becomes a free agent after the 2023 season. The Red Sox need to lock these guys up. We cannot have another Mookie Betts situation in Boston. The problem becomes, can you afford both Xander Bogarts and an extension to Rafi Devers and fix the mess that is your pitching staff? Because if I look at this team, I don't think they need to make a ton of changes offensively. And you're going to say, well, what are you talking about? Look, they were one of the top run-producing teams in Major League Baseball this year. I think they, what, scored the fourth most runs in Major League Baseball? Yes, their home run numbers were down, but they led baseball in extra base hits. You know, I'm sure that J.D. Martinez is gone. Although, boy, what what an exclamation point he put on his season with the two home runs in the final game. Didn't mean squat, but... Uh, I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't object to them bringing him back for another year. You know, if the money was right, and you know it was a, a short-term term deal. You know, another show me year or something. Give him a one-year deal. I, I, I don't know. But look, if you look at this team, they, Tristan Cassis is going to be there next year. Eric Hosmer, I think, should stay. I think Eric Hosmer is a was a. Until he got hurt, I thought he was a great addition to this team at the at the uh, the trade deadline. I wouldn't mind them keeping Hosmer and Cassis as your first base options. Look at the mess that first base was this year. Right? It was a mess. And, you know, maybe, maybe Cassis becomes your first baseman, Hosmer becomes your DH, or they use that as a rotating thing. You know, but I don't think there's a lot of, you know, Changes they need to make. Kike Hernandez is back, signing another contract. You put him in center field, no problem. Trevor Story hopefully is healthy. He's at second base. You put Xander at short. You put, uh, you know, Devers is still at third. You know, where do you need to make a change? Okay, you know, maybe get another left fielder. Uh, Tommy Pham is not going to be the answer there. He did a nice job when he came over, but uh, Tommy Pham, you can do better. So outside of that, though, you know, and you can make an argument that they need to do something at catcher. I don't know. Is Reese McGuire the kind of hitter that we saw the last part of the season? You know, who knows? 
But couldn't they go? Couldn't they go with a Reese McGuire, Connor Wong catching duo? Uh, you know, maybe not ideal. There's been some talk about trying to bring Christian Vasquez back. I, I think that's a pipe dream. Although I don't think Vasquez is going to re-sign in Houston. He was used as a backup. That's not what he's used to. So he's going to go somewhere he can start, but he's going to be able to name his price. He's going to be priced out of the market because everybody knows what Christian Vasquez is, and there's going to be teams lining up to sign him. I guarantee it. He's not coming back to Boston. But outside of left field, I'm fine with the offense, but they need to do something about this pitching staff. They need to solidify this rotation, and the bullpen was just hideous. You know, with all the runs that they scored this year, they had no business being an under 500 team, except for the fact that this pitching staff stunk, especially the relievers. Now, Matt Barnes showed that maybe he's back, but do I trust him as my closer? Boy, I don't know. He's back. You know, I mean, he's under contract, so he's coming back. Schreiber was a great addition. Man, what a boy, what a find he was. But outside of that, folks, whew, they need an entire new bullpen. You know, and you hope that Chris Sale comes back, but God God knows with with his luck, with uh you know how fragile his body has been. You know, I don't know what you're gonna get out of him. Nick Pavetta took a step back this year. Yes, he takes the ball every five days, but he wasn't great. I wouldn't mind him bringing Michael Walker back. But again, health has to be a concern there. It's another guy that spent time on the injured list. You know, so they need to spend their money on pitching. I'm not so worried about the offense. That will take care of itself. There's enough hitters out there where they can get themselves a left fielder. You know, and then you just decide what you want to do about the DH position. But if you use a Hosmer... Cassis, I don't know if Bobby Dahlbeck p- still plays into that team or not. I don't think so. I think Dahlbeck has had his chances, and I think that he's going to be like a uh, Michael Chavis is going to find himself somewhere else. And you know, and it's nothing against Dahlbeck, but you know, with the exception of that month and a half where he tore it up at the end of last year, uh, we haven't seen a lot out of him. So I think his time is done. I think Jaron Duran's time in Boston may be done. You know, and Heimblum already said that, you know, they're going to be more willing to make moves with prospects this year. So we'll see. But the question to me is, is do they sign both Devers and Bogarts? If it's up to me, yeah, but it's not my money. But they have the money to do it. The question is, is can they then fix the pitching staff while paying those guys to be there for the foreseeable future because it's going to cost you. Look, if Bogey's making $20 million now, he could probably get 30 on the open market. Maybe he's willing to give you a little bit less. Maybe you can get a hometown discount. Maybe you can get him for $27, $28 million a year. You know, Devers, he's going to cost you $30 million a year. And he may want more than that, but he's worth it. And he got better defensively too. And he's really, let's not forget how young he is. Man, they got to lock this kid up for a long, long time. Time will tell, but uh, it is going to be, uh, as, as uh, Alex Spear from the Boston Globe said, and uh, Ekon, you know, this last week, this is going to be maybe the most fascinating offseason for the Red Sox team in a long, long time. Uh, and, and one last note, I'd be remiss if I didn't, but, man, I am going to miss Dennis Eckersley. Uh, I got to meet him a few times when I worked up at Fenway, just a, a class guy and 
one of the best analysts in the game. I don't care because he just does it. Look, he just tells you the way it is and his his vocabulary and the stuff he's made up. It's just it's part of my, you know, stuff that, you know, we talk about Red Sox baseball. Now you talk about Dennis Eckersley and, you know, all the, you know, the parachutes and, you know, going bridge and everything else. It's not going to be the same without him. But he's going to become Grandpa Eck now, and good for him. He's earned it, but, man, I am going to miss hearing him on broadcast, and, and I don't know what we're going to see in the future. Um, you know, Uke's not bad. Uke's not bad. I thought Will Middlebrooks was good. I'd love to see them bring him back. Um, but it is going to be interesting to see. I Please, God, get Tony Maserati out of the booth, never bring him back there again. But, you know, we shall see. Uh, but uh, Eck on his way out was just magnificent, very emotional, and uh, – uh, I think uh, he was so touched to find out how much he really uh, was treasured by that organization as a whole. And when he said, look, I grew up in the Bay Area, you know, and I went into the Hall of Fame as an Oakland A, but I'm a Red Sox. I mean, he always kept a home in Boston. And he said, this is where my heart is. And, man, uh, you could see it. I mean, that wasn't just words. You could see it with the emotion and everything that went on for him those uh you know, the last couple of months after he announced his retirement, he meant every word of it. So uh, he's going to be missed. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano is going to join us. It's actually an interview we taped yesterday. He's on his way up to uh, UMass uh, as uh, the Liberty football team is taking on UMass this weekend. But we taped an interview with him last night. We're going to have that coming up in just a minute. Back, you're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call, and as we are every Friday, we are pleased to be joined with Dan Zampano of the Sunday Card to talk about last week's games, talk about this week's games. Dan, let's start off. We got to, you know, I I don't mean to start it off on a downer, but uh, look, the Patriots, a good accounting last week, but it was a costly accounting, uh, I guess. I mean, you know, now they're down to their third string quarterback. They had to sign somebody this week. Um are the Patriots in serious? I know they've got that soft part of the schedule here, but did it just become a little bit harder? Oh, well, it's definitely harder. I think it's without question. So, you know, uh, the season continues to kind of fly by, and now we're four weeks into the year, and Mac Jones has played in three games, and we've had uh, now a Hoyer loss, we're losing Hoyer the Destroyer, and now it's time for Bailey Zappi. So it, it certainly, it certainly, you know, feels if you're a New England fan like things are kind of topsy turvy and this that we haven't dealt with a quarterback situation like this. And oh gosh, I mean, like maybe right when I was born, I think you know, back in the in the early Parcells days. Right. But you know, I I think I think at this point though, after last week's game. And again, I am not a moral victory guy. I, 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 I do not enjoy those. I don't think there are any of those in life. But you have to be at least somewhat optimistic about where Bailey Zappi is, how they kind of handcuffed him on the offensive play calling side of things. And that running game, man, is incredible. I mean, it's still really, really good. And I said it before and I say it again, Ramondre Stevenson is the best offensive player that they have. And they're playing against a team last week that didn't run, didn't uh, protect the run very well. They're playing another team this week that doesn't do a very good job of uh, of stopping the run either. So, again, this is a must-win game, I think, without question. And I think they know that, and I think that's what will motivate them. Um, the thing that was distressing to me was the Patriot defense in that 
they allowed the Green Bay Packers to run the football to the tune of about 5.8 yards a carry. I mean, that's got to be a little bit concerning if you're Bill Belichick, no? No question, but I think the strategy comes into play in that moment. I think that uh, would you rather have the ball in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon's hands or would you rather have the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands? That's fair. I'm going to take the former. Like, I'm, that's just yeah. me. I, I don't know how anybody else feels. I imagine maybe that they may not want Aaron Rodgers with the ball. I mean, that's just maybe common sense. But uh, I think that I think that at the end of the day, though, they, they do have a little bit of a problem with that. They, the same thing happened against the Ravens. Yep. Uh, I thought that was a major issue. And, you know, the Ravens kind of tortured them. And Lamar, we know how good he is. Um, but yeah, it's definitely concerned for the week coming up that game, man. It just, it kind of called for that. And, and even so you could see the Packers receivers were not up to the task in a lot of ways. Now it was kind of back and forth because finally in the second half, things kind of started getting, getting along for them in the passing game, that run game really opened it up, but the Patriots made some good plays. You know, we saw a guy like Jack Jones make a a crucial pick six to give the Patriots the lead. Um, you know, it was a back and forth battle and contest that the defensive scheme was the thing too, as well, that kept them in that game. They needed to play a, a, a plus defense. And I think they came pretty close. I was trying to remember the last time I saw Aaron Rodgers throw a pick six, by the way. Do you, do you remember? Oh my gosh. I believe he threw one. Two years ago against Tampa, I think okay. I remember Did that, okay. um, in a regular season game. But, I, I mean, he does not even throw interceptions no. very often, right. let alone pick six. So that was a very, very huge play in the game. And he admitted after the game, he said, it was just so, so bad by me. Um, that he Because Jones had jumped a route before that in the game and had gotten the uh, – and, and he hadn't thrown it or he had thrown it and it was – it was incomplete. He did it again, and he thought he could get away with it, and not that time. So kudos to Jack Jones. He, he did his homework. He's a good young player, and, uh, you know, he did a great job. I thought they got a good performance last week, the Patriots on defense, from uh, Matthew Judon as well. He was all over uh, Absolutely. the backfield. I mean, he got one sack, but he pressured Aaron Rodgers several times. I mean, that uh, I'll tell you what, if they can get that out of that kid every week, I mean, I'm, I bec- I'm more and more impressed with him the more I watch him play. I mean, does anybody get more holding calls against no. them that never get called? Right. I mean, I'm they just you. never get called on yeah. the guy. He just gets just he gets a clothesline every every play. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So yeah, Mr. Red Sleeves, you gotta love him. Uh, he's been dynamite again. He's had a good start to this year. He had a good start to last year, and then kind of tapered off the last four weeks of the season. This season, can he keep it going? It's about longevity for him. I think he's had a sack in almost every game yep. this year. Yep. So, you know, he's, he's been really, you know, um, on fire so far. And I think uh, he's, he's revving up again for another good year. I'm trying to think. I've been trying. It's been racking my brain. Trying to remember who he reminds me of. Who was the guy, that did the defensive end, that had the longest arms in the history of the NFL? And Houston, I can't remember who the hell it was. Uh, and I'll think of it. it. It'll come to me. But he was another one of those guys that was – he came off the edge a lot and got mugged every week, and nobody ever called it. And uh, Judon's the kind of guy that reminds me of that. And you're right. I think if, if he can keep that going, I think it's going to help this Patriots uh, defense out. Now, the question is, how far away is Mac Jones? Now, he practiced this week a little bit, which, you know, and everybody's, you know, all excited about that. He actually – supposedly he could step into his throws. He's still favoring that ankle, but – I mean, he's still got to be a couple of weeks away, doesn't he? 
I think he does. I don't think there's a chance he plays this week, even though people are saying that he's pushing towards that. Why? I, you, don't sign, you don't sign Garrett Gilbert off the practice squad one if you think Mac Jones is going right. to play. It's just not going to happen. Right. So, so to me, I, I think that next week is a possibility. I would probably be even more cautious about it. Uh, when, when you have, if Zappi plays well and plays you know, good enough to, to, to keep things going here against Detroit, I think you probably sit Mac another week and then see where you're at uh, in, in three games. So, you know, to me, I think, I think he'll be back. But it's not just about Mac getting back. Mac's got to play better. I mean, he yeah. really has got to play better. Of, uh, the expectation for him is to raise his level of play this season from being a getter. Let's be honest. He was really handcuffed by McDaniels last year. I mean, they, they, they let him do a little bit, but not much. He's got to progress into a quarterback that can kind of improvise, audible, do those things, make the reads, and step into those throws and make the, make, make the, uh, make the right reads on these throws. And he hasn't done that so far this year. He's turned the ball over way too much. So if he's back in a couple of games, if he's back next week, he's got to make sure he takes care of that side of, of, of his football acumen uh, when he plays. The other guy that they need to get back to me, I think, in the worst way, is they need Jacoby Myers back on the field. Mm, mm, they're one of the few guys that can actually separate right. from receivers. Yeah. I mean, he's not fast, but he's a really good route runner and, and knows where he has to be on the field. He's very spatially aware. And I think the other thing, too, not just Jacoby Myers, they got to get these tight ends involved. I, was, that was, I mean, that I know John O. Smith. Yeah, that's where I was going. I, I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I can everybody can everybody everybody can see it. Like everybody knows. Hello, twelve million dollars over here, right? Wide open. I mean, you know, John o. Smith. We know is not going to play this week. Right. Him being hurt, or so we think. Hunter Henry's got to get involved, especially in the red zone, and especially for this kid. I mean, if Zappy's going to have any success at all, he made some really nice reads. They, they set up a lot of nice little play action plays for him. Um, got the ball to Aguilar. Had a good touchdown pass to Parker. Get Henry involved over the middle. If he's ever going to throw the ball over the middle, Henry has got to be in it. He's a moose for crying out loud. Get him involved. I'm begging you. I, I really. I mean, I, you know, I, it's like I wanted to get Matt Patricia's phone number. Just say we can. We just start running some plays. Just I mean, it's it. it the, to me, the tight ends have become kind of the checkdown guy. You know, they've become – they're not running mm. things for the tight end anymore. It's more like, you know, that's my, my third or fourth option if nobody else is open. That's the way it seems to me. Well, I, I, and the other thing is, too, is like, you know, you got all these $12 million uh, – you spent $12 million on these guys. Can Hunter Henry block? I mean, do we know that? <laughs> nah, like, can, can he do that? Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to be a running football team, that's why, that's why Kendrick Bourne – people are wondering why Kendrick Bourne's on the field – well, that's because Will Jordan Humphrey is, is the best blocking receiver out there. Right. You know, I mean, he's out there because he's basically a tight end. Right. And they want to run the football. They know, hey, 83, he's out there. Okay, they run the ball. I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> I, hate to, I hate to be that coy about it, but, yeah, hey, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you, what, you always do what Howard Cosell says, you know, if you see it, you better talk about it. You know, I yeah. mean, that's exactly what, why can't you say it? So, so let, let's be honest here. It's, it's just the, the personnel that's there, and, and we've talked about this all summer, the personnel that's there versus the scheme of what they're trying to do, it's not always adding up. So, right. again, I, I do think this team can be a playoff team still. There's no question. I think they're playing better than their record says they're playing. They just need to get healthy. Uh, let's stay in that division and we talk about the, the other big quarterback news from last week, and, of course, that was the uh, injury to, to uh, Tula, Tua and uh 
look, look, the Dolphins are getting killed about whether he should be on there, whether he shouldn't have been on there, and you know, they, the, the the guy that was the independent guy that checked him got fired, and I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, they swore up and down the week that he actually got hurt that it was all about his back. So I, I don't know who to believe here, but. You know, the, the people in the NFL now, it's just it, – and it's like that, I guess, social media and everything else. Everybody's got something to say. But the Dolphins are getting killed here, and I'm not I'm not sure whether that's fair or not. Well, I mean, you know, so obviously there was an issue where somebody had a neurological breakdown. It was obvious. Yeah. And we saw it on the field. And, and they, can, they can say whatever they want. What do you see that's happened? You saw two weeks ago against the Bills, this guy was stumbling around and could not stand up. Right. Then you saw the next week uh, him have a neurological issue. He, I, I just don't see how you, how you can't correlate the two. And, Gene, let's be honest, even if it was his back and he reacted in that way, how did he get back on the field? And how do you send him out there three days later when there's a discrepancy between his concussion uh, that now he obviously has, and and a back injury. Yeah, I mean, either way, both can lead to serious long-term health risk. Yeah. So, you know, to me, I don't think it matters. There's obviously a malpractice going on, and if I was to it, to be quite honest with you, I would retire and I would sue the pants off this off off, off the Dolphins. Yeah, there's for, there's, for that. Yeah, there's, I, I just I think I don't I don't see how there's any way around it. Well, there's there's been obviously been a lot of talk about that already. There's already been people saying, "Look, dude, just walk away, because it's not worth it." And you can certainly make that case. But uh, I'm trying to remember. There was was it uh, was it Burrow this week? I think it was. Was it Joe Burrow that made the comment this week? Basically said, "Hey, look, concussions are part of the game. We all know that when we step on the field, it, it's you know we know something could happen, and it's kind of like this is what you signed up for, you know." Uh, and he's not completely wrong, is he? He's not completely wrong, but there's some wrong context to what he is saying. Is what he's saying is, yeah, concussions are a part of the game. Correct, they are part of the game. You know what else is part of the game? The medical staff there to assess you for that injury and to make sure that you're safe going out onto the field. And to me, for something like that to say, oh, concussions are part of the game, that doesn't mean that you become that. That doesn't mean that. Oh, we have a concussion. Oh, whatever. You know, I mean, yeah. then th- now we're going backwards. Well, yeah. Now we're going backwards. You can't do that. To me. And, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, you know, another person to blame here, I think, is, and this is the second week in a row we've had to scold the coach over this. Where is the coach? Yeah. Like, where is Mike McDaniel? Yeah. Like, how is that? Like, if you're a coach, we talked about Staley doing this with Herbert the week before. I mean, if you're a coach, you got to protect your players right. from themselves. I mean, I'm sorry. You've got to do that, and you've got to consult with the medical staff. And maybe it's not McDaniel's fault. Maybe the medical staff has been told by somebody, wink, wink, right. that, you know, what, 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 the, what the directive will be um, and to execute it. So, you know, I can't 100% blame him, but you've got to see something out there and be like, hey, like, what I saw is what I saw. He's not going back in the game. We'll, we'll go with Teddy. And he didn't do that either. So, you know, there's a lot of blame. To go around here. Well, at the end of the day, I think if we see Tua again this season, uh, it might be a minor miracle because I'm not sure. I mean, this is going to be the most um, examined concussion in the history of the NFL. 
I, you know, I firmly believe that. I mean, he's going to mm-hmm. the uh, the NFL is going to step in, and he's going to have to get cleared by everybody. They're going to dig people up to clear this guy. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, I, I'll be shocked if the NFL lets this guy play again this year. Yeah, I, I think so, and I think this is also going to lead to a further discussion on the health insurance policies that the NFL carries out to their players, because this is going to be a major. That's going to be a major, major, major issue going on and saying, well, what do we have to do now with this? Because if this guy, you know, comes down on us, uh, there's going to be serious consequences. He could, so, he, it could be the National Tua League because he, he could own it. <laughs> you know, 100%. Um, 100%. You know, here's the thing. Uh, and we saw this. They did this in the preseason games where they had that, uh, that new thing they put on the helmet um, that they say brought concussions down significantly during the preseason. Maybe that becomes that that covering that they have on the on the helmets for the quarterbacks. Maybe that becomes the new norm. And, and a lot of the players are against that because they want the comfortability of the helmet that they have. You are you are allowed to wear the helmet you want, but the NFL has has been very vocal about which helmets are the safest and which ones aren't. And there's a whole rating scale on that. Maybe the NFL comes down even more and says, "Hey, we got to protect our our business." Sorry, guys, you're wearing these helmets. I think I think we're going to see that. I I do. I mean, what is the NFL, I do too. Is the NFL going to let somebody come out and wear a leather helmet if they don't feel like putting on the, on the regular one? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I think yeah. look, we've seen Major League Baseball do that. They have they have uh, mandated. Uh, you know, certain things uh, for for batters' helmets and coaches wearing helmets, and I, I think it's just a matter of time. I think it's a matter of time, and I think with yeah. that that time, if the league wants to survive, yeah, that time if might, the league wants to survive long term. Yeah, I think that time may be next year without without doubt. Uh, all right, so mm-hmm. uh, now let's step in to the Monday night football game, and in one of the, <laughs> look, um, say what you want about Jimmy G. Jimmy G did not win this game. The San Francisco 49ers no. defense may be one of the best defenses I have seen in a long, long time. And, and I don't think I, I don't mean, think that's hyperbole. I know I, I agree. I mean, they are without a doubt my most favorite defense to watch. Yeah. Because the, one of the things that they have is they have thoroughbreds on the defensive line. They have all world linebackers and they have a defensive back room that is schemed to perfection with very versatile players. And I will say this as well, team. You look at the roster, yes. I think D'Amico Ryans is one of the last actual scheming, planning, in game defensive coordinators that we have, and he deserves to be a head coach because he understands how to set up pass rush, how to set up pass rush to be able to cover in the secondary, where he wants to funnel things uh, on the field. He is so good at that. I mean, you saw them just, Chris, they blitzed more than any time they had all year on Stafford because they knew, they said, this Rams O-line, it is not the same. And it's the same old telling this. I mean, this happens every time. I know that the Rams beat them in the NFC title game, but historically Kyle Shanahan has owned Sean McVay owned him. And part of the reason for that is I think the defense is just better. Yeah. I just think the defense is better. There may not be as much like true talent, Donald and Ramsey's, but Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, Armstead, I don't even know if he played or not. I mean, you're talking about guys like that. How about that Hufanga kid at safety? 
I mean, that kid is incredible. I mean, he's like, I think he's a rookie. He has been like a, a Bob Sanders reincarnated. He is a missile. And he, he really is unbelievable. So I love that kid. And, of course, they have, you know, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and Sam Ebukam and, and Al Shair. Like, they have all these linebackers that are just so fast and can cover so much ground. They shoot the holes well. I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you compete with a defense like that? It's incredible. At the same time, if if you're a 49er fan, you know, you're going to have to play this way every week because this offense is not capable of putting up an awful lot of points. I mean, their offense what put up yeah. their offense put up 17 points last week. Yeah, they did, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, did they have a great game on offense? No, but I think they played the game how the game was going. They knew it was going to be kind of a defensive battle. Okay. They ran the ball well, and I mean, let me tell you something. Case in point as to why you pay Debo oh, Samuel because my, my he goodness. can do things <laughs> like that that are absolutely because first of all that ball should have been intercepted I mean it was right. a terrible pass right. but I mean the fact that this guy took up what a six yard routine play would have been and took it sixty and went to the house and broke all those tackles I mean you don't you can't pay for that explosiveness that strength on the legs. You just can't pay for that. He's an incredible player. That was uh, that was a John Madden football uh, video game esque. What he did can't put a price on it. It's no, incredible. No question. All right, let's move over to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A shootout, although you know, and it you know the final score wasn't really as close as it was. I mean. To, Kansas City really dominated this game. I, look, I thought Tom Brady did everything that he could possibly do. He looked like the Tom Brady of old. But uh, that Tampa Bay defense, I did not expect to get shredded for 41 points. That shocked me. Yeah, I think it started with the opening kickoff. <laughs> well, <laughs> just yes. rolled downhill yeah, from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just right from there, it was, it, 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 it was a disaster. I, you know, to be honest, this game got to be like twenty-one-three or whatever it was, and uh, I, I I turned it off. I just I was like, okay, wow. well, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, I I turned it off because I said the way the Bucks are right now, they're not coming back in this game. And yeah, they they scored points and what have you, but I, I just thought Kansas City right now. I got them rated pretty highly in my power ratings too. I mean, the, both teams are, are rated very highly, but Tampa's defense. I mean, if they're going to play like that, they're going to win any games. They're not going to win any games. I mean, they, they just can't play like that. And, and I get Brady's frustration, and I get it. And all the stuff that has come out this week, you know, is only going to add fuel to the fire. So um, they, he's really just got to kind of hunker down here and, and, and say, I just got to play. Right. I, I just got to play football. We, I don't care how we win games. It, it's got to be like 2018 Patriots with them. I mean, it really does. It's got to be who cares how we win the game. Let's just go out and win it. And if we lose, we may lose more games than, than people think we will. But, you know, let's just get us to the playoffs, and then let's go from there. Uh, speaking of uh, John Madden video games, the play that uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes made down uh, around the two-yard <laughs> line that, with the little uh, little jump uh, – no, you can't even call it a jump pass. It was like a, a basketball free throw into the end zone. Uh, that was ridiculous. Yeah, silly. I mean, he's playing great. Isn't he? I mean, he's playing. He's playing out of his mind. The Prince of Darkness is back, um, and, and he's starting. He's starting to really take over. Um, I think he's on track to be in the conversation for MVP. I, I still have him there, and maybe the top four. 
I would say, top four, top five uh, in the MVP runnings. But he's playing great, and, and if he plays like that, it's going to be hard to stop him. And then the battle of the uh, uh, the most valuable player uh, award between uh, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. And oh boy, yeah. How, how about you know? Look, you know, everybody was hyping up about these two quarterbacks. And they were about as underwhelming in this game as I've ever seen them. Neither one of them was very good. I mean, Allen had a quarterback rating of 68, and Lamar Jackson's was 63. You know, I mean, thank God they could run the football. But, you know, throwing the football, you know, the weather did not help. No question about it. But this game... Uh, I thought it was going to be a lot higher scoring than this, but I guess maybe maybe the weather was was the difference in this one, huh? Yeah, I think it was. I think it definitely played into that. And look, Baltimore again, just you know, they're such a good team. Uh, they have got to figure out ways to finish off teams. Yep. I mean, they really do. Uh, being you can't be up twenty to three on this team and lose. You, you have to score points. Yep. You know, you have to do something. You've got the best kicker in the history of the league, pretty much, on your team. Like, you should be able to move the ball enough where you can get it within the 30 or within the 40 and get him lined up for a field goal. I mean, that's the way it is. I thought the way Buffalo got back in the game was they stopped using the passing game and just started using John and Devin Singletary and all the rest. I thought his running ability, like, totally, totally – got the Ravens off balance and, and, and had them kind of hold on. There's so many plays that the Ravens almost had this guy, and he just found a way to get away. I mean, that was as good, and maybe it doesn't reflect in the numbers, but that was as good of a performance in the second half of Josh Allen that I've seen because that was a find me a way to win and make the plays when they're most needed to be made to win the football game. And that was what's so impressive about him. I still have Josh Allen number one in my, in my MVP vote right now in ranked choice voting. I still think Lamar Jackson is a close second, but I look, it it was a great game. I would love to see this game being played in a normal weather condition, uh, maybe in the cold in Buffalo or maybe in, you know, some type of weather related thing or, you know, maybe wind in Baltimore, something like that. Cause I think these two teams are the best two teams in the AFC right now even more than the Chiefs. So I think this is a, as a product of something to come later on. Two teams that are not the best in the AFC, the New York Jets and the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a, rather ugly, say that again. <laughs> a rather ugly game, but the Pittsburgh Steelers look like they had this one under control and somehow the Jets come back and they pull off another come from behind and they are now – we have hysteria in New York – Two and two for the Jets, three and one for the Giants, and they're already printing Super Bowl tickets if you listen to WFAN. Oh, and don't forget, they have said all week, the Jets have a better record than the New England Patriots. <laughs> and it is a, that's all they have said all week. Don't worry, I've heard it all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, credit to Zach Wilson late in the game. I mean, yeah, he made some mistakes here and there, but I thought it was the best game he's played in his whole career. Wow. I really believe that it, it. He really has not played well at all in, in a year, and this game he finally showed up, found a way to come from behind. Zach yeah. Wilson, yeah, come from behind on the Steelers defense. I mean, that's pretty incredible stuff. I mean, you know, I I do think that the world is upside down a little bit after seeing that. So, you know, great job by them. Kenny Pickett, I thought came to the game and and played well until he had the turnover. 
The Steelers, man, same thing as the Ravens. They got to figure out a way to finish games. Um, they're a better team, I think, than than the record says it is. And now they're going to go forward with a rookie quarterback again. You know, God bless it. The Jets won two games. I'm not going to throw a parade about it. You know, but I think the Steelers going forward is the more interesting dichotomy of how they handle the picket situation and where they go from there. Because I think that kid. It has the talent, has the ability to play. How handcuffed are they, especially him having his first start this weekend in Buffalo? Good luck with that one. So we'll see how they go forward. But I think the kid can play. I really do. What are the Giants going to do? It was so bad for the Giants last week. They had to line up Saquon Barkley at quarterback. Uh, Daniel, mm. Daniel Jones with a, a sprained ankle. Tyrod Taylor goes out with a concussion. Jones is still gimping around at practice. Uh, it's gonna. It could be a little bit ugly for the New York Giants this week. Yeah, and they're going out to London, and they're playing the Packers. The Packers. Uh, and the yeah. Packers. Yeah, the Packers are escaping with their lives in Lambeau. Um, coming off of that, I'm sure they'll be heavily motivated to figure some things out. I'll tell you what, Gene, and I know, like, I don't want to, you know, get all high and mighty because I still think the Giants are not a very good team, but they're playing really good defense. They're playing really good defense out there. I think the coaching staff that they have hired has gotten, hasn't gotten enough credit to what they're doing. Dable has not only helped out Daniel Jones by allowing him to be extremely simplistic with the game and still be successful getting Saquon Barkley more involved in the game. Wink Martindale on the defensive side has found something with these young Giants players that they play hard for this guy. They play hard for him. They're much more aggressive. They're much more like the Giants' uh, defenses of old where, you know, they can get a pass rush on you. They can make plays when they need to. Um, They're a tough football team, it seems to be. Um, I I do think that the future for the Giants is really good because I think that their coaching staff – is well put together. I'm not sure the personnel is there yet, though. I mean, right. let's face it. They, they, I mean, it was like you know, Tweedledee and Tweedledum playing playing quarterback <laughs> this weekend. Justin Fields and Daniel Jones. I mean, right. let's not let's not beat around the bush with that one. But you know, I, I do think that the future is bright. I just not this year in Big Bowl. Um, last game from the, I want to talk about from last week. Uh, imagine my surprise, because I did not watch the beginning of this game, but imagine my surprise I'm watching the crawl at the bottom of the screen and I see the Jacksonville Jaguars are up 14 nothing on the Eagles in Philadelphia. Oh. And, and I'm already picturing, like, you know, uh, you know riots in the streets in, in, in Philly. Uh, but, uh, uh, and, and look, Lawrence got off to a pretty good start, but he struggled mightily uh, afterwards. I mean, you know, I mean, let's not get too carried away. You know, a, a, an interception return for a touchdown gave him, you know, seven of those points. But uh, neither quarterback right. played very well in that weather uh, in Philly last weekend. Yeah, I thought Hurts had a bad start, obviously. Yeah. Um, didn't go well for him. thought Lawrence started out fine, mainly because his defense put him in such good position. He gets a pick six, then they get a fumble right. with a short field, and, and they score. I mean, they took advantage of that. I mean, Jacksonville has been the number one team in turnover differential this year. They've been fantastic. So, you know, the, their defense, their opportunistic defense played well. But I, finally, I think Hurts kind of figured it out, and they went to a more run style than anything, and and it was Hurts. It was a lot of Miles Sanders. Can he gain well? They got the plays that they needed from Goddard, um, and then the defense played well. I thought their defense. I mean, they forced five turnovers in the game. Right. I mean, and four of those fumbles came off of Trevor Lawrence. 
So, you know, I thought Lawrence uh, didn't do a very good job of taking care of the ball. And maybe in the weather, I don't think Lawrence is, you know, quite acclimated to that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, heck, they had a chance to cover at the end of the game, too, after after getting down big late. I mean, so they had a chance. But, yeah, I, I do think the Jaguars probably the, the step-up in class was just a little too much for them. And the Philadelphia Eagles, man, like there's a great chance they're going to play the Cardinals this week. I think there's a great chance they could be five and all um, this week. So you know, God bless them. Uh, the the parade in Philly is, is probably already being uh, already being planned. They're going past the Rocky statue at ten o'clock in the morning. They'll meet at City Hall. They'll talk to Ben Franklin for a little bit, and they'll talk about a Super Bowl trophy. You know, I mean, that's the way it's going to be uh, with Philadelphia. So you know, it's never that simple. You know, Philly always finds a way. Right. Uh, maybe they did that one year, but they always find a way at the end of the day to uh, to to lose in, in late in the season. So we'll see. We'll see. But I, you know, I love my Philadelphia Eagles and, and for them to get to the Super Bowl. I think they're a really good team. All right, let's get to uh, this week's games. Four and three on your picks for us last week. You're 15 and 13 on the season. You, you mean, look, and I, and I we got to be better than that. Well, oh my gosh. We don't even have to pick the spreads. How are we 15 and 13? That's what you are, Terrible. my friend. That's what, you, well, you know, look, you, you blew, you blew the Baltimore game last week. Uh, bad. Yeah, the, bad. The, the Raiders, uh, the Raiders knocked off Denver. You had taken Denver and, and somehow you picked Tampa to beat Kansas City. So, uh, you know, but here we go. Let's see if we can do better this week. I we, we need to get you like a nice, like a, a good, you know, like a one loss week. Let's see how we do this week. Uh, yeah, let's do that. First one is uh, this is going to be this is going to be uh, yeah. Uh, let's just get to it. Miami is going to the Jets. Miami's a three point favorite on the road. Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins this week. Yeah, I don't know how the Jets are really going to stop Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I just I think it's pretty much that simple. Now I do think the Jets can keep this game close because the Dolphins' defense is not very good. I know people want to think it's very good. By the numbers, they're not very good. I mean, and I think the Jets have weapons now. If Zach Wilson plays well like he did last week, I think he's a hundred percent in to have a really good game. Yeah. I think it could absolutely happen. But and I do think they can keep this game close, maybe with even within the number. I know they're only they're only three point underdogs in this game. Uh, I think there's a reason for that. I think the Jets are a little bit better than people think. They're not a good team, but they're better than people think. I just don't see them being able to stop Hill and Waddle on defense. So I'm going to take the Dolphins to win the game. Uh, next one at New Orleans. Seattle is on the road. New Orleans is a five and a half point favorite. And I'm going to tell you what. Andy Dalton played his rear end off last week. I, th- I was very impressed the way he played. He absolutely did, but it's another team that can't find a way to win. Yeah, right. I mean, it, and and their defense is just nowhere near what it was. I mean, I don't know what's the problem. Uh, I'm not sure if Andy Dalton is going to be the starter or if James Winston is going to be the starter this week. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. But uh, this is my upset special. I like the Seahawks. Really? I thought they played great last week. Um, I thought they, they, they scored all over the yard on Detroit, the Lions. I think they could do the same thing this week with a heavy dose of DK Metcalf, heavy dose of Rashad Penny, who's run the ball really well. Hey, don't sleep on him. Geno Smith is having one of his best seasons he's ever had. I mean, go look, look at the numbers. He's playing really, really well. So uh, I, I do think that the Saints are really struggling right now. They're clearly way too many points get, being given here. I mean, who are the Saints? Uh, how badly they've played to be – Getting given a touchdown to anybody, so I'm going to take the Seahawks to to win in a surprise upset. Yeah, my guess is you're taking that in the Sunday card too. That's too many points. 
Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Detroit at the Patriots. Patriots are a three-and-a-half-point favorite despite being down to their third-string quarterback. Talk to me. Look, we know that the Patriots, we know that the Patriots obviously – are where they are offensively. Like they, they can only be so many places. Uh, but I think that one of the things that you got to look at, this is the worst team in the league in terms of rushing yards per carry given up in the Detroit Lions. They give up nearly six yards a carry on the ground. I think that bodes perfectly for what they want to do. Very similar to the Green Bay game. I think it's a very similar outcome. Okay. I don't think they're as tough as Pittsburgh as, as Green Bay is, though. I don't think they have nearly the talent on defense that Green Bay has. And you're going to tell me that the Patriots are going to lose this game wearing those red uniforms this week. I mean, come on. Don't even get going with that. <laughs> so I'm taking the Patriots all day in the throwback unis. Um, I think they'll find a way to win this game. Defensively, no DeAndre Swift for them to deal with, which is great for them. So I think they'll play better against the run this week. Just got to be better in the secondary and see if they can get some pressure on Goff. Hey, Goff's having a great year, but we all know how to get to Goff, right? I mean, we remember that game in, in the Super Bowl. So I think there'll be a very similar strategy with that. Well, Pat Patriot back on the hats. I'll tell you what, it's been uh, that's that's the that was the standard helmet back when I used to have season tickets. That's how old I am. Uh, Beautiful uniforms. I mean, I don't, I don't see maybe the Eagles Kelly Green, but nothing much more than that. Those are the best uniforms. You know who the starting quarterbacks were for the Patriots when I had season tickets? So I, I is it was it was this Steve Grogan years? Was what was this? Jim Plunkett and Steve Grogan. Ah, ah, I love that. Yeah. Love that. You never hear about those old Patriots teams. Yeah, it's was, always good to hear that. It was a long time ago. All right. Uh, interesting game here. The Chargers are on the road at Cleveland, and the Chargers are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Why? <laughs> why? I, I, I don't why know. Are they, why are they favorites on the road against Cleveland? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like, can I, don't, you, I mean, I are we, it. you know, it's solely based on Herbert. I mean – like yes, <laughs> does everybody realize that like they are missing so many players, important players like Joey Bosa. Here's the most important one: Rashawn Slater out for the year. Yep. And guess who's back in the lineup, folks? We were all over Atlanta last week. We love Cleveland now this week because Miles Garrett is, is back, back yeah. and he's playing against the second string left tackle. Uh, this is going to be a long day for Herbert. This is going to be a long day. And again, the Chargers are the same exact team. They cannot stop the run, and the number one rusher in the league is coming in, is is, is welcoming them into his building and about to trap them really badly. It's it's like yeah, just coming inside. I got a little treat for you here, and they're going to run it down their throats. I thought Brissett's playing playing better than he than he's been giving credit for. I know okay. that you know last week they they lost the game and. And it was a miracle. I don't know how Atlanta won that game. They they, they threw seven. They got seven completions in the game, and they won the game. I mean, who does that? Right. But the uh, I think the Browns will play a lot better this week. It's a great matchup for them. I love the Browns this week. Um, Dallas on the road at the Rams. Rams are a five and a half point favorite. Um, oh. This one, I'll tell you what. The biggest question in Dallas is 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 is, is Dak Prescott getting his job back? <laughs> oh my goodness! I just cannot people believe actually, that this people is, are actually talking about that. This has to be just Jerry's finest hour. <laughs> I mean, he he has to be just pushing this to the media so bad. I yep. mean, I mean, there's no way that Cooper Rush 
keeps this position. Zero. I mean, there's just no way. <laughs> they've they've managed they've managed this guy perfectly. Yep. McCarthy's done a great job of managing him. When Dak comes back, I mean, he's he, that's his job, like till whenever he right. wants. You know, I mean, they don't give him that contract for no reason. I mean, this is just the stupidest conversation yep. I've heard all week from Cowboys fans. Hey, does is Cooper like the future? Should we trade Dak? Like, are you out of your <laughs> mind? Are you kidding me? I mean, that's that's you know what? Insanity. Go ahead. Insanity. Go ahead. Trade him. Go ahead. Yeah. Please. Please. Well, you know, although it would you know, be, although, it would you know be, what? It work wonders for you. you. You know what though? You know what? You don't put anything past Jerry Jones, do you? No, you don't. No, you don't. Without being said, I'm taking the rounds. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Next, uh, you mentioned you thought they might be five and zero after this week. Philly is going on the road. They're a five and a half point favorite on the road at Arizona. Arizona at two and two. That in, that whole NFC East. Everybody has the same record. Two and two. We're NFC yep, West and uh, uh, yeah, NFC West, and, and I don't think they'll have that record be above 500 after this week. I think that Philadelphia is going to go in there and steamroll them. I just have no, no reason to believe that Arizona. Arizona is just not a good team. Right. I mean, they play street ball. They play street ball on offense because their quarterback just likes to run around again. The little chicken nugget loves to run around, <laughs> uh, you know. And Prom Kingsbury refused to throw it down the field. Yeah. He's very conservative as a prom king. We don't love. You know, he's, he's not the flashy prom king. He just looks good. You know, that's pretty much it. They average about six yards per throw. Um, not very explosive at all. Uh, you know, and, and Philly, you know, yes, they are vulnerable to the run game, but they find ways. I mean, they find ways. They're going to get pressure on Murray, and he's going to be a major. They're going to get interior pressure on him, and that's going to cause him a lot of problems. I love the, the offense of Philly, man. I just I love Hurts. I think Hurts is just out of this world good because he doesn't have to be an elite passer. He can be an elite runner and be just as effective. Uh, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. I mean, they've just been great this year. I love Philly. I love everything they do. I'm going to take the Eagles. Um, next one, or the last one, uh, Cincinnati is at Baltimore. The Ravens are a three-point favorite. The Ravens are 0-2 at home. Can they get off to Schneid at home this week? Well, Gene, not only are they 0-2 at home, but they've trailed – on the season for a grand total of 14 seconds. How about that? <laughs> I know. I mean, isn't that incredible? Yeah. Isn't that incredible? 14 seconds they've trailed this entire season. Uh, and, and let's be honest here. They're coming off of a really, really tough loss at home. And now they got a team that won the division against them last year coming in when they really don't think they deserved it. A team, by the way, that historically Lamar Jackson destroys. Right. I think this is set up perfectly. And the Bengals, by the way, are coming off of a win on a Thursday night 10 days ago. So, you know, and, and, and a win, let's just be honest, before the two injury, it looked like the Dolphins were doing exactly what they were doing, having the most ridiculous luck in the world to win a football game. It looked like the Dolphins were going to win that game. And, and then they had the injury, and that was it. I love the Ravens this week. I think the Ravens, like I told you, I think they're one of the best teams in football, and, and I think they're going to run the ball really effectively. I'm not sure how the Bengals are going to be able to handle the Ravens' front seven because that's the strength of their defense. And, and you've got guys like Michael Pierce on the inside, uh, you know, Oway on the inside. They, they are really, really ruthless. They are ruthless. So I, I love the Ravens here. I think they'll, they'll, they'll run away with it at the end. Haven't had a really good Sunday night game this year, Gene. Yeah. And I think that trend will continue. 
Um, I, and I just figured out why you're probably going to have a good week this week. You just picked five, five of the seven games we had you do, you picked five favorites. That's the first time this year, I think, that we've done this, that you haven't picked more underdogs than favorites. That makes me scared. <laughs> that makes me scared. It, it, you know, I, I am, and even even on the Sunday card, I, I think I've got. This is the first week this this week where I'm heavy on the favorites. So we'll see what happens. Okay, Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio. Dan is uh, heading with the Liberty football team up to Amherst, Massachusetts, as they take on the Minutemen. Uh, what's uh, give me the outlook? Uh, Liberty by uh, how much this week? Uh, humble, humble this week. Uh-huh. I just think we'll, I think, I think, I think we'll have success. That's oh, all I'll say. Oh, I got to, before I forget, <laughs> I saw this clip on Twitter last week, that receiver, uh, who, what's his name that made that catch for you? Davion Lawson. Yeah. Oh, Davion Lawson. That's one of the catch. best, best catches I have ever seen in my life. One hand. It was, it was incredible. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Anybody that, that was one that got you out of your chair. The one that got that one one that got you out of your chair. I mean it was it was awesome. It was, so he made a great catch. It was so good. My wife's not even a football fan. I made my wife watch that one. I said, hey, You gotta see this catch. And even even my wife went, Wow. <laughs> so that's doing that's that's doing And that's something. saying something that's, from Barb. So I love that. Not, that's great. You're not kidding. Dan, have a great trip up to Massachusetts. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Dean, you're the best. God bless. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back next week with the wake-up call. The uh, Internet situation here has not gotten any better. We're doing our best, but we managed to get it on today. I'm hoping we can get it on for a few days next week. Uh, we're, we're working on it as best we can, but I appreciate you coming on, uh, listening to us today on Friday. Uh, before we get out today, uh, Loretta Lynn passed away a few days ago. We haven't been here to talk about that. One of the great ladies, uh, one of the pioneer women in country music history. Um, a sad uh, a sad passing, but uh, at 90 years old, it's kind of hard to be sad when anybody reaches 90 years old. Hell, I hope I make you know, I get that kind of run, but uh, Loretta Lynn passed away at the age of 90. We're going to leave you this morning with a duet she did with Willie Nelson just about five years ago. Uh, kind of poignant when you play it now. She was uh, 85 years old, I think, when she uh, recorded this. So here's Loretta Lynn and Willie Nelson. It's called uh, Lay Me Down. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.